happy Thursday. Since we're about to be heavy into the 22nd season of The Bachelor, can you believe that? Today's episode is another movie review, Pitch Perfect 3. My musically talented friend Amy joins me to discuss the highs, the lows, and in-betweens. The music, aka awesome. The plot, aka meh. I hope you aka enjoy this aka show. I don't say aka through the whole thing, don't worry. Hey everyone, I'm Lindsay and welcome to the I Hate Green Beans podcast. During each episode, I'll be discussing television, movies, music, and books with friends who love pop culture as much as I do. For those of you wondering, yes, we will be talking about the Bachelor franchise. And no, I do not want to try your grandmother's famous green bean casserole recipe. But thanks for offering. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Yay, it's episode 31 of the I Hate Green Beans podcast. I'm here with my friend Amy, and we're going to talk about Pitch Perfect 3, which we saw in celebration of her birthday. Hi, Amy. How are you? I'm great. Now, we, how do we know each other, Amy? I mean, I know how we know each other, but tell the folks how we know each other, because I don't remember the first time we met. You've been in my life my whole life. I actually do remember. Oh. I think it was 2010. Our mutual friend, Nancy Jane, had rented a beach house and invited oh. both of us, and we <laughs> met in Galveston, Texas at the beach house. It's only been seven years? I think so. I feel like you've been in my life like for 20 at least. That's so strange and weird. That's a good thing. <laughs> that is. That is. It just seems like you've always been there. It's just Amy's there. Wow. That, that makes me feel weird and, you know, young. So thanks for that. It was great. Well, sure. Amy and I um, both teach at the church. We teach the women's group at the church, so we see each other more often than not, but obviously every single Wednesday night, so that's good. And we have just been in a friend group that was, I'm not going to use the word obsessed because we're not weird, but a friend group who really, really loved Pitch Perfect the first go-around. So last year, or I guess in 2013, 15 when pitch perfect 2 came out the whole big group of us went together and we had a big long row we ate before and that was fun and then this year it was like three of us smaller group (laughs) now granted we went the friday before christmas so i'm sure that had a lot to do with it but it was me amy and Anne, and we went to go see it, and we had, I think it helped my experience to be in one of those fancy theaters with a recliner. That yes. certainly helped. That the I movie's got to keep you awake so you don't <laughs> snooze in those recliners. That's exactly right. So I want to talk first before we get into Pitch Perfect 3. We're not going to be too spoilery, but we are going to say some stuff about the plot and about what worked and what didn't. But first I want to go back to... Pitch Perfect 1, it came out in 2012. Did, do you remember seeing it in the movie theater? I kind of remember being in a theater, but I think my strongest memories of seeing it were actually watching it again with other groups of friends as we kind of evangelized it to all our friends. Yeah. I remember particularly a friend named Catherine who she laughed so much that I almost <laughs> couldn't stand it because I was laughing at her laughing. Was that but during she, Carrie's wedding? Yes, Carrie's uh. that is the best whenever you get to see somebody see it for the first time that's awesome now what did you like about the original pitch perfect what drew you in well being a musician I enjoyed how the harmonies are just so incredible and it 
they you have to suspend your disbelief because I don't think that people can really riff off and have perfect parts with everyone all doing their perfect part. But to believe that that could happen to me was awesome. Oh yeah, I that think people can burst into song and have all their parts done perfectly. Absolutely, I think the riff off is what sucks you in, and the, it came at a time whenever. I guess Pentatonix was sort of popular, or maybe Pentatonix wasn't around, but that showed the sing-off. So acapella singing became a bigger deal than what I remember it being. So I had never heard of a riff-off. And for those of you who don't know, Amy, you explain it, because you're more musical that, than I am, what a, what a riff-off is in the well, first one. In the first one, they start with certain themes. It's a competition format where they were given themes like ladies of the 80s. So you start singing a song by Joan Jett, for example. And when you get to a certain word, another team takes over by matching that word in a similar key and with similar speed or tempo to the song. I'll be yours till the end of time Cause you made me feel Yeah, you made me feel So shiny and new Like a virgin Touched for the very first time Like the one in me, that's okay Let's see how you do it Put up your deuce Let's get down to it Hit me with your best shot Why don't you hit me with your best shot Hit me with your best shot Fire away nah, 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 come And if you ever get stuck and you can't continue Then you are um, kicked out What was it? They clapped and they said you are Hold cut on. off Cut off, that's it cut off. Good memory. You have the best memory ever. So your whole point is in suspending disbelief, you're thinking, I don't know if you could think that fast to be able to respond as quickly as they did. and Right. And just that everybody could have the perfect parts for all of it and know all the words to all the songs. I'm not that great at that. Some people like our friend Anne knows yep. the words to all of the songs. Yep. Um I just think it would be hard to have the bass part and the harmonies all worked out so perfectly. Right. But they're pros. They sure are. They no, sure are pros. And I looked up the iTunes. I own the Pitch Perfect 1 entire soundtrack. Pitch Perfect 2, I just picked three favorite songs that I liked. And I think Pitch Perfect 3, I'm pro it's probably going to be the same. I'm just going to pick and choose. I won't do the whole entire album. But in... In whenever I was in there looking at all of the tracks just to remind myself what they were every single time I, I rank it by popularity in iTunes every single time the riff off was the most downloaded song because it's just so cool and the first one you can I don't think you can beat the first one I agree mm -hmm. so in Pitch Perfect 2 well let me back up Pitch Perfect 1 they're getting to college and they're joining an acapella they're having a tryout to join an acapella group in pitch perfect 2 they're already in the group it's established and they're going to worlds and they have to compete against other countries for example the germans who are das sound machine 
and they riff off with them too because they're in the random basement of some rich guy and the Green Bay Packers are there and I know that was your favorite part too I think you might have punched me and <laughs> when we watched the second one because you were so excited to see what's his name Clay Matthews yeah <laughs> I mean what a dream that he could be an athlete gorgeous and could sing I mean that's the perfect package <laughs> And I don't know if you know this, but in some shots, you can see Jordan, the poor man's gosling from The Bachelor. Oh, oh I think I had heard that. <laughs> or ba- I Bachelorette, I guess. Bachelorette. He was Bachelorette. JoJo's man. Is JoJo's man. Well, I think they're yeah. still together. Yeah. Anyway, okay, so let's talk about Pitch Perfect 3. The general gist is the girls are out of school, except for Haley Stanfield's character, Emily. She's still in the Bellas. But the rest of them have pretty much gone off the rails because they don't know what they want to do with their life or they're in a career that they don't really love. And they all are sad that they haven't been able to sing acapella with the the old Bellas as a group. And so Aubrey, she's the blonde whose dad was in the military. She says, oh, he there's a USO tour. What if I can get us an invite? And she does. And they, along with three other groups, are basically doing a USO tour. And whoever, I guess, I don't know how you win, but whoever wins, I'm using air quotes, the USO tour, maybe that's who the audience likes the most or who is, I have no idea. I don't think they explained that. DJ Khaled was picking, I think. Yes, DJ, DJ Khaled, you get to open for him. So he picks who he likes. So again, Plot holes, lots of plot holes in this third one, but you just go along with it because the music was great. I thought the music was great. Getting there was a little hard for me. I know a lot of people like Fat Amy, and I feel like Pitch Perfect 3 was Fat Amy took the spotlight versus Becca or Emily, the Haley Stanfield character. Would you agree with that? For sure. I actually thought at one point they're setting her up for a spinoff show. Ooh. We saw completely different parts of her character. She was developed a lot more than she ever has been before. So they could just take that in its own fat Amy, fat Patricia direction. Mm-hmm. I didn't think about that, but you did say that that night. That was something that I wasn't expecting. I also, you know how the... Um, the two main people who are commentating, I can't remember their names, like Barbara and John or John and Gail, maybe, are their names. Gail is is Elizabeth Banks' character, for sure. Yes, and they are there, too, because they're filming a documentary. Even that seemed weird, but they had to have a way for somebody to commentate what was going on, I guess. So they're following them around and just projecting that they are going to fail miserably and this is when when they crash and burn and the light is fading out and they did a lot of callbacks I guess is the best word or hint that this is definitely going to be the last pitch perfect because it was a lot of this is the end and in a tongue-in-cheek way about how the girls won't be together again because they're awful but in reality there's not going to be another one we think unless there's the spinoff which I think could happen. Now, so is that what you feel? You don't think there will be a Pitch Perfect 4? I don't. I kind of don't see where else they can go. I know. Go, <laughs> you never know. That's what I'm saying. Unless you go back to high school and you become a high school acapella and they are against each other. I have no idea. But the the score on Rotten Tomatoes was 
30% by critics, which is not great. Mm -hmm. And it was 53% by audience members. Would you rank that higher or lower as an audience member? I think higher. I think I liked this one more than the second one. Mm -hmm. Maybe not as much as the first, but the first was our first exposure to this sort of thing. But I walked out singing. Oh, me too. Walked out singing. That's a good sign. And I mean, Anne, I think, had already purchased the soundtrack as we were walking out the door on her phone. She liked it that much. It was it was great. And again, I do want to say I liked the music. Now, Anytime you've got a throwback to something I know with my heart and soul, I'm going to be on board. <laughs> and in this case, it was Freedom by George Michael. I just hope you understand. Sometimes the clothes do not make the bed. All we have to do now is take these lies and make them true. almost stood up in the theater but I knew that would have been inappropriate and I loved that with all of my being as well as Toxic by Britney Spears I thought they did a great job with that and then the riff off was good I also liked Sia you know Sia is my girl yeah and she thrills for a long time and I was very satisfied by that I forgot about that, but you were singing along. I don't know if you knew, but you were harmonizing. Amy harmonizes with everything because she's a great singer. So she just picks that harmony and starts going. I love it. Um, What we should mention, though, are these three other groups that DJ Khaled is comparing the Bellas to. One is an all-girl group. There are four of them, and their names are Chastity and Serenity and... I can't remember the other two. And Fat Amy goes, I could join your group and be obesity. And it was one of the (laughs) best lines. It's in the trailer, too. But there are these four girls, and they're tall and skinny, and they look real cool. And their name is Evermoist, which is the worst. And I kid, terrible name for a group. But they sang pretty good, wouldn't you say? I mean, you're the musical one. I thought they definitely had talent. They had a a little too much negative attitude, I thought. Right, right. They were the mean girls. They were the mean girls, Mm -hmm. yeah. And then, yeah, they were good. And then there was Saddle Up, and they were a folksy uh, rockabilly, would you say, type of group that had... Leaning toward country. Yes. And then DJ Dragon Nuts. Mm Mm-hmm was our gangster rapper. And we didn't see a whole, whole lot of him, but we did. I mean, he had an entourage with him, too, featuring so-and-so and so-and-so. But he did a lot of uh, interjection during the riff-off. And that's what I want to talk a little bit about, too, is this third riff-off where, by this time, the audience is used to a riff-off. We know what a riff-off is. And the Bellas walk into the airplane hangar because, again, USO, and they're meeting all the different groups, and the mean girls are basically looking at them, thinking, what do you bring to the table? And so they show them, which is the riff-off. And everybody looks at them like they're crazy, and, and one of the girls is, says, oh, you're like a cover band without instruments. And that was kind of a defining moment for the girls, I think, where they thought, 
wait a minute, is this what we do? Hold on just a second. And then they did an actual riff off, right? Didn't they challenge them to a riff off maybe? They basically set the example and said, here's how you do it. Okay. And then the others took on after it, but they used instruments. And it was so great. They, didn't it you? was great. They all showed their musicianship well, but they used instruments, so they didn't really understand the acapella world. Right. But it was so good. And I remember the Bellas, I mean, even Anna Kendrick looking around going, is it weird that they're better at what we do than what we are? And I thought, yeah, is that weird? Because it was, it was really good. They, they would do the shout out, the, you know, zombie apocalypse and the Evermoist girls start singing. What's that song, Amy? It's Cranberries. Yeah. Zombies by Cranberries. Yes. And it was so good. With their tanks and their bombs and their bombs. And the rockabilly people come up with their little fiddle and it turns into a country song. That was probably one of my favorite parts. And uh, the whole gist of this, this movie, though, is Becca, of course, is being wooed by DJ Khaled's group to come on board with him as herself and not as the Bellas. Is there anything else that you think of from a plot line that you enjoyed? I think that we saw a lot of daddy issues, both mm -hmm. with Aubrey Posen and her military dad. Yep. I had not seen that as much before. And then Fat Amy's dad mm -hmm. was played by the ever-talented John Lithgow, mm -hmm. who's his British accent on the crown now doing his Australian accent she's Australian right yeah his Australian accent as Fat Amy's dad yeah that was an interesting little sideline little twist I agree I think what was uh, if we're getting into disappointing parts which I again I don't want to spoil but I was I was truly disappointed that the boys weren't in it weren't you expecting the boys to show up at some point I was, and I had heard beforehand that they weren't going to be in it, so I wasn't surprised. I think that the director was just trying to show that the girls were moving on and they were being independent, and, you know, you don't always stay with your college boyfriend, so I right. guess that was kind of realistic in a sense, too. Right, but there was no bumper there and no mention of bumper, and there was no mention of Jesse, the magician, but they, like you said, they, oh, no, Jesse is... Anna Kendrick's boyfriend so Benji would have been the other one but they did say you broke up with Jesse so they at least gave a nod as to why he wasn't there or any of the troublemakers for that matter but I truly did at the end expect somebody to be in the audience cheering them on but oh well one one newbie that I was really happy to see was a guy named Matt Lanter and he was the military guy in charge of keeping them safe and, and his you want him to keep you safe. <laughs> you want him and his buddy to keep you safe. Either one. Either one could keep me safe. Preferably both. I don't know. And he was, I kept thinking, why do I know this guy? Why do I know this guy? He looked a little older. 
um, than, you know, right out of college or anything, very manly. And I, I went and looked up on IMDb and he was in the show Timeless that I watched, which, oh my gosh, he was great. But then for some of you, he was in Chicago Fire and 90210, the second reboot and uh, just really good looking guy. And he had some funny moments and he was a love interest for one of the girls. So I thought that was nice to kind of put that in there too. And, and one other thing that was interesting to me, I went back and looked at the trailers and a lot that happened in the trailer was not in the movie, which I thought was odd. Maybe at the end, do you remember whenever Fat Amy and Anna Kendrick ha- are in an airplane and they have parachutes on and she mm-hmm. rips and Anna Kendrick gets sucks out the back of the plane? Oh, yeah. That was like in the closing credits or something. Think, and, yeah, that was in the credits. And Fat Amy, a uh, dog attacking her because she was in this weird dog attack suit and that was in there and was weird. And there's one part where Anna Kendrick says, I love you awesome nerds. And they're all kind of gathered in a group and that didn't happen. But that says a lot whenever the, the good parts of your trailer don't even make it into your movie. I did like the outfits though. Cause you know, I'm a Patriot at heart. So anything <laughs> that's red, white and blue or military or, you know, boogie, woogie, boogie boy is my jam. They did. That was very patriotic. I could picture you in your, um, Hallsville Bells, what were they called? Uh-huh. Bells, Bells. You could have pulled that off. <laughs> totally. <laughs> <laughs> totally. So the, I think that I think the outfits were good. I think the music was good. Um, definitely, Matt Latner was good. Uh, Lanter, Matt Lanter was good. Sorry, I missed his name. Uh, I was going to say Lily kind of gets her voice too. The very quiet girl. Yes. You finally, you finally hear her voice for real. She, she has a little interest in DJ Dragon Nuts. She does. They go off and do their weird thing over there. But I think it was, I think it was good. I think that, um, would you suggest that people go see it in the movie theater or is it cool if they just wait for Redbox? I think anything with a good soundtrack or music, you need to hear it in the theater the first Mm -hmm. time. Unless you just have a really rocking sound system, you know, like J.J. Watt probably has at his house. Right. But <laughs> I think you need to see it in the theater. Okay. What would you What would you rate it? A, B, C, D, A minus, B plus. What would you grade rate it? I'd say a solid B or B plus. Mm-hmm. I think I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. Again, it's the music that makes it. And there there are some sluggish parts and there are some kind of parts where you roll your eyes, but it turns right back to the music. And I feel like there was a lot more music in this one, which I appreciated because they were always singing, even montages of them singing in the different cities. So I think that was great. I felt like that too. It had a few plot holes and a few times that you really had to suspend your disbelief but that's part of the fun. You have to go into it with that attitude, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, Amy. This was fun. I appreciate you coming on and giving your musical ear to this because I don't know Happy anything to musical. <laughs> Happy to help. <laughs> thanks. Toot, toot. Let me get out. Beep, beep. Y'all, thanks so much for listening. One last thing my book, Why I Hate Green Beans, is on sale right now. And if you pre order, you get the audiobook for free. Until we're together again, love you, mean it, Texas forever. Rolling in my six fall, with all my ballet saying, swing down, sweet, heavy, soft, and.